On today's insights, are you making content worth your audience's time? What should you do when you receive a negative comment on a social media post? And we talk about communicating in 2020. Are you using the tactics your applicants want to use? Insights is brought to you by Haley Marketing. Do you ever wish you had an easier way to sell your staffing services? Do you wish more qualified candidates would apply to your jobs? It's time to stop wishing and start doing. Let Haley Marketing create a roadmap for your company. We'll talk with you about your goals, determine the best marketing strategies for your business, and then give you an outline of everything you need to do to succeed in this market. And the best part, it's completely free. If you'd like a marketing roadmap for your staffing company, give us a call at 888-696-2900 or email info at haleymarketing.com. This is Insights. Welcome to Insights. Tips and best practices from the insiders at Haley Marketing. Insights will provide you with the tools you need to master your social media, digital marketing, and employer branding. Your hosts for Insights are Brad Biley and Matt Lozar. What's up? This is Brad Biley and welcome back to another episode of Insights, the podcast built to help you with your recruitment and digital marketing. As always, I'm joined by Haley Marketing's Director of Recruitment Marketing. He's Matt Lozar. Matt, how are we doing this week, buddy? We're doing great, Brad. We, we've made it past a couple of milestones here in the traditional end of summer calendar. Football is back. Football is back. A lot of sports are back. The other day, like every sports league played for the first time ever on the same day. Can we talk about the Masters for a second? Where have I been to not know the Masters was coming in November? Yeah, it's coming in November. It'll be a great weekend. Um, we'll have that, then we'll have football right after right. it. It's going to be an absolutely incredible day. Football is back in, in, in the Western New York area. School is back in some capacity, so sure. it's great for the kids. I have a first grader, now first grader, who enjoyed going to school and could tell had fun getting back into the swing and things, so we're not all virtual, but... Yep. Football in school is a sure sign that that fall is coming, and it's been in the air on the east coast of the country. It sure is, Matt. Let's get to the show, buddy. Let's go. Are you making content worth your audience's time? Matt, I was on Twitter the other night, and that means you got a direct message on Twitter because I saw something that caught my eye. Jay Akunzo, he's the founder of Marketing Showrunners. He's also the author of Break the Wheel. Had a great tweet the other day, Matt. I sent it to you immediately. And I'm going to read it real quick. Said, it's amazing how many executives demand their brand's content get a bigger audience without ever wondering if they've earned it. Want to make growth easier? Make better things. Make things worth the audience's time. Matt, we've talked now for 48 episodes on Insights about content marketing, about social marketing, about the digital marketing and recruitment marketing landscape. And one thing I think we've failed to talk about is making content worth your audience's time. You know, we've certainly talked about researching the right topics. We've talked about coming up with a content strategy, but Matt, just creating content isn't good enough. It's not good enough just to publish a blog, just to put out a podcast, just to put out a piece of video content. It has to have substance, substance, stuttered there for a little bit, Mm -hmm. and it has to have value. Mm -hmm. It does. It's... It's interesting because I can, I can go with either opinion in my head right now because I believe on insights in the past I have said, 
you need to take more shots to see if you can get that quantity, that quality. Like you need to post a hundred things to hopefully get one or two that really hit. But unicorn content, uni- right? Essentially, unicorn content. You know, get more lottery tickets to hopefully win a prize. Correct. But I get Jay's point here, and I'm going to share an example from outside of staffing. You know, no secret if you listen to the podcast, we're big sports fans. Sure. I subscribe to a online digital publication called The Athletic, mm-hmm. and it has an annual subscription fee to pay to consume some of the best sports content in the country. I consume it because it's good. It is the best sports content I think out there. I'm willing to pay for it. It's similar to this example from that Jay brings up and that you know you bring up here. If your content's good enough, you'll get an audience. I'm not saying you have to charge for your audience, but if your content's good enough, people will consume it. You've said we're sports fans. We've talked about it on every single episode. Matt, that Joe Burrow video uh, where I think the Bengals put it out or LSU put it out where his jersey switches halfway through the video. It was just after he got drafted. I remember seeing a, a data point that that video took like 28 hours to produce. Millions of views. It was great content. The video of him running out of the tunnel that was just shot on a a camera with a great lens, millions of views. Again, great content. And when we think about earning the trust of your audience and earning that viewership, you know, I got to side with Jay here. You have to create content that your audience wants to consume. You have to create content that is good enough and worthy of their time. Matt, when you think about what the average social media user, the average internet viewer is doing throughout the day, if they're just mindlessly scrolling on social or if they're just mindlessly on their phone, there's also a million other things that they could be doing. Your blog article, your video content, your podcast, podcast especially, if you want somebody to to consume 30 minutes of you, it better be good. Mm -hmm. But a blog article, right? Even if it's just two or three minutes of reading, it better be worth my time. And, and that's where I think the conversation needs to go is how does the staffing industry, how does the recruiting industry create content that is worthy of the audience's time? How do we get from a point of just creating content just to do it because we all know we need a blog to actually creating a content and, and, and a content source that is worthy of the audience's time? There's so much content that it, it has to be that good. There is just the availability of content continues to grow immensely, you know, year after year, probably month after month. So like you said, you know, is it providing a different angle to a piece of content for someone to describe it? Is it, you know, having a different author is a different format to consume it in? Is it video versus a written piece of content? And the perfect example almost is Twitter. Twitter has become a news source. It's become a conversation piece. If I follow 500 people and I've done this, if that content just stinks, I unfollow them because I don't want it to clog up my timeline. And it's just because you're putting thoughts out there doesn't mean people are going to consume that and your followers are going to grow. So it's really thinking through that content and trying to find ways to, to create that content in one way that kind of just popped up into my mind is to look at Google, figure out what people are searching for on Google and answer their questions. And, and see what that one slot, that two slot, what does that article look like, right? So let's take a very basic um, blog article, right? Um, five ways to improve your resume. If you were to Google that, 
look at that number one slot and see what that article consists of. How long is it? What data points are in it? What content is in it? If you want to outrank that piece of content, you have to answer that question better than somebody is already answering it. And can you personalize it? For staffing agencies, that might work better. Five ways to write your resume better for healthcare workers in Southern California. Right. Because more than likely, you're never going to compete with the URL or the website that has that number one spot because it could be like Forbes or Inc. or Glassdoor. But if a targeted traffic of a healthcare worker in Southern California is looking for resume tips, that's who you want because they're going to convert and become an inbound lead on the candidate side for your recruiters. If all you play is our healthcare professionals, who cares if a welder is looking at your article, right? And Matt, that's an incredible point. Also, if you're only staffing in Buffalo, New York, who cares if someone's reading your article from Cleveland? Get incredibly focused with that topic. Become the best resource on that topic because you're being laser focused. And then just like Jay said, earn the audience's time, earn their trust, prove yourself time and time again, that you're not just in this to create fluff pieces. You're not in this just to shout into the noise. You know, Matt, you were talking about content overload and you were talking about creating content just to do it. We cannot do that in 2020. You know, there are so many pieces of content out there, you know, just scrolling through Twitter, like you said, scrolling through Facebook, even scrolling through something like TikTok. There are millions of people creating content right now. You need to perform better than that. And, and in a way, you just need to do it that's uniquely you. You know, you're exactly right. Put your spin on it. Put your expertise in the article. If you know the best ways to amplify your resume because you've been doing this for 20 to 25 years, share your expertise. Share what you know. When all is said and done, Matt, it's not so much quantity of content, it's the quality of content. And we've said on Insights, and this might contradict some of our other points, we've said, yes, you want to have more cards in the deck, you want to have more blog articles in you know, Google's indexed pages so that you have more opportunity to be found. But ultimately, it comes down to quality, and it's always going to come down to quality. Just because you've created content doesn't mean that people are going to read it. They want to read and consume good content. So there's a balance that you need to find. We need to make sure that we have quality. We want to make sure that we have consistency. Yes, we certainly want quantity as well. But for sake of this topic, Matt, we have to have the quality. Your articles have to have substance. They have to have value. And most importantly, you need to be mindful of your audience's time. If you're writing a long-form blog article, if you're putting out a 10-minute video, a 30-minute podcast, it better be packed with enough takeaways where the person that makes it to the end of it can say, wow, that was worth it. Matt, let's hop into segment two here. What should you do when you receive a negative comment on a social media post? This happens time and time again. Staffing and recruiting is maybe more likely to get negative comments, right? If you're posting a job description or you're posting an available job, I'm sure, Matt, you see this all the time. Mm -hmm. Staffing firm posts a welding opportunity. They've hired welders in the past. They've only placed one person because, you know, if 100 people apply and there's only one available job, now we have 99 people that are upset, right? So what happens when those 99 people see another welding opportunity on Facebook? They're either going to lash out Maybe they'll apply again. They'll take the high road. But let's say one or two people respond in a negative way. What do we do? Two answers to that question. Now, I I thought about which way I'm going to go here. Apparently, I have two answers to every question. I'm okay with it. The first one is have a plan. 
Sure. When, because it's not good to go into the heat of the battle in trying to come up with your plan because you're going to be emotionally charged. Right. If, you know, the failed job candidate who didn't get the job lashes out and says you're the worst recruiter ever and that your business stinks, you're going to take it personally more than likely. Yeah. So it's, that's not when you want to respond emotionally. And when you're charged just to take a step back, go back to your plan. What do you do? Think about it before you get a negative review, look at some best practices or really just come up, listen to this segment on insights and figure out what you want to do. When someone says Brad staffing agency is the worst staffing agency in Buffalo and they lie to everyone when that person may just not have been qualified or the best candidate for the job. Being proactive instead of being reactive, I think is critical. You need to have some sort of crisis management plan. You need to have some sort of plan for what happens if ABC happens on our social media pages. You know, you can and you should set page moderation, you know, on Facebook, on, uh, I believe you can do it on Twitter too. You can block certain keywords. So if at any point somebody says a negative word on your Facebook page, it's automatically blocked. If somebody uses a word that's inappropriate, it's automatically blocked. This is critical. You know, let's think about those job opportunities that you post on a Friday. And if you're not checking Facebook or social media for your company on Saturday or Sunday, what happens if someone leaves a negative comment on Friday night and now that's sitting until you're back in the office on Monday? We can't have that, right? So we need to make sure that we're proactive. Put that page moderation in place. Matt, we've talked about Jay Bear and Hug Your Haters a couple times on, on Insights, but I could walk through that real quickly too. Essentially, what Jay says in his book, Hug Your Haters, is that if you get a negative review, which we can switch that to negative comment, you should respond at most twice. The first time, Brad, I'm very sorry you had a negative experience with our staffing firm. We strive for world-class service. If it feels like we fell a little short here, I'd love to chat. You can give me a call at the office. Ask for that reply offline. Never ask for additional feedback on social media. The worst thing that could possibly happen, you're just going to get into a shouting match and we don't want that. Let's say they come back stronger. Brad, I don't want to talk to you. Your service stinks. You couldn't find me or my, my wife a job. You stink. <laughs> you're going to respond a second time. Brad, again, we strive for world-class service and it seems like we fell short. I would love to chat. Can you please give me a call at the office? If they respond a third time at that point, we're going to let it go. We're just going to let it sort of become its own thing. Now, if they do respond a third time or if they get more aggressive, yes, we can block them from the page, but we don't want to just do that. You know, Matt, we don't just want to delete the post. We don't just want to delete the comment. We want to know that people are heard and we want to know that we are listening and we're being active. The other part of my answer was when you were talking about a welding post and you got the negative response that Brad staffing agency stinks, provide a really good experience to your candidates, to your employees, uh, your candidates in this aspect. You know, when they apply for the job, give them some communication on what to expect next. If there's a timeline or anything, maybe if they are unqualified at the start, get that out of the way right away. Don't let someone hang in this unknown area for an endless, what seems like an endless period of time really provide a strong experience to reduce your chances of getting negative comments because hopefully people will understand there's only one opening or a couple of openings. If you're a staffing agency and you have some job orders for the same position, you know, it's impossible to avoid all negative comments, but really have provide a really good experience for anyone who engages with your company. So you aren't 
providing them the ammunition to really come back. And maybe they are truthful in that you're providing a bad experience and Brad's company stinks, but it, it's really important to provide them with a positive experience. And again, you're talking about being proactive instead of being reactive. It's putting in a plan that makes sure you're the best staffing firm in Buffalo, New York. You know, Matt, we're, we're walking along the lines of applications, you know, jobs. What if we post a Monday motivation and someone just disagrees? Or if somebody reaches out and says, you know, you, you shared a quote from somebody who has a negative history. You know, people on social media, we call them Twitter fingers, right? People become these keyboard warriors with a megaphone because they're hiding behind a, a device or a keyboard. They can say what they want with almost zero repercussions, right? It's, it's almost unfortunate. It is unfortunate. But if a staffing firm posts something and for no apparent reason whatsoever, somebody lashes out, what do you think? Should we delete the comment? What, what do we do? We might differ on this one. We can't hide the comment from the public so that only the person who posted it sees it. Um, maybe not the best long-term strategy. The other one could be have some brand ambassadors jump on there and help you out. Yeah. You know, have somebody in the company you know, who works for you as an internal employee or maybe an external employee and, and preach that value of social media and engagement and that, you know, maybe bring it up in a staff meeting and say, we're, we're posting these content on social media. We have a troll out there, right? A social media term. We have someone who yep. just loves to be mean. You know, maybe it's yep. warranted, maybe it's not. This is what's showing up to our brand and the place you work for. You know, maybe someone can check in and post something positive or here's the plan. What's going to happen when somebody does post negative, you know? Matt's going to come in and say something positive or respond in the right way. So being proactive, having that plan can really help to respond to those, you know, baseless comments that are showing up on your Facebook posts. I think to wrap it up, Matt, negative comments hurt. They, you know, from a social media manager standpoint, you put a lot of time and thought into the copy into the imagery, into that social media post, put a lot of time and effort into the piece of content that you might be sharing. And when you see those negative comments, as Matt said, it's very easy to get emotionally charged and want to lash back out. That is the worst thing that you could do. And I mean that respectfully, but that is the last thing that you want to do. You want to be proactive, have a plan in place for what happens if a negative comment comes through. You want to have a proactive plan in place for how you can moderate that page for profanity, for inappropriate language. Make sure that you're ahead of that in case it does happen. And then if somebody does get behind their keyboard and becomes one of those, you know, (laughs) gets their Twitter fingers out, Matt, make sure that you have a plan in place for how you're going to respond to that. If it's warranted and, and it really never is warranted, but if you feel like you need to respond, then you should do so and get that response offline. Don't ever respond and and ask for more feedback on social media, get it private. And then if you need to, you can absolutely hide the comment. You can block the user. But again, to, to wrap this up, Matt, it's about being proactive instead of reactive. Matt, let's hop into segment three here and talk about communicating in 2020. Are you using the tactics your applicants want to use? Matt, when we think about recruitment marketing and we think about getting individuals to apply to given job opportunities, when we think about getting individuals to communicate with staffing and recruiting firms, oftentimes there's different messaging platforms. You know, if you think about how 
somebody can, can, can reach out to you right now, it's email, it's a phone call, Facebook messenger, Twitter, direct message. Maybe it's through job boards and different uh, chat bots or, or different widgets on a job board. Matt, how do we manage it all? What do we do? That's a good question. How do we manage it all? I, I was coming in with a different thought, but I think, I think the friction's too high. Yeah. And the challenge to managing it all is to think about where your audience, one, where your audience is spending time and two, how do they want to communicate? Sure. And just look through the different examples, right? Email. I think we got that one down. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, your website, you know, do you have a chatbot on your website? Is it an automated chatbot or is it something where a member of your team needs to respond throughout the day? So think about that during business hours or off business hours. It's Facebook as well, you know, or even LinkedIn, you know, when somebody reaches out to you, how are you responding to them? You know, how are you responding to their comments on a Facebook post, LinkedIn post? How are you responding to a Facebook message or Twitter message? What's your process for when, you know, traditional office hours and outside of traditional hours, because this isn't just a staffing industry, job candidate thing, sales lead thing. This is any business consumer decision thing, when someone is intent is there, you want to capitalize on that quickly and respond to them as quickly as they can, because that's when they want information. And they could be at that purchase point, or maybe they're still in the information gathering stage. But if they send a message to your Facebook page at 8.30 PM on a Wednesday night, and you don't get back to them to 8.30 AM on Thursday, they could be at your competitor or then maybe they're not checking. You respond on Thursday morning. They're not checking again the Thursday night. That's 24 hours. And there's a very good possibility. Your connection possibility has vanished. And our consumer behaviors have really drastically impacted this. You know, when you reach out to Amazon or you want to go make a purchase, you expect that to, to come to your door in a day, two days. The other day, I wanted to go out and get some food and I didn't know if, if this restaurant was open or not. I messaged them on Facebook. They didn't get back to me in time. Their, their site wasn't updated, one. They didn't get back to me on Facebook within, I, I probably only gave them five to seven minutes. But you know, we were heading somewhere and they weren't getting back to me, so we went somewhere else. And you know, that's a, a quick turnaround and, and probably unrealistic. I, I wasn't very fair in that regard, but I was on my way to find something to eat and I needed an answer quick. You know, to Matt's point, if a candidate is reaching out to you and you're not getting back to them, they're going to your competition. It's not just that all of a sudden they don't need a job anymore. The problem has just moved to somebody else. Matt, we've had that analogy before. You know, if your sink is leaking and you call a local plumber, just because the first guy doesn't pick up doesn't necessarily mean the problem has gone away. You've just gone now somewhere else and you have somebody else coming to fix your sink. It's the exact same with, with finding a job. And we need to be mindful of these different channels. And it doesn't necessarily mean monitoring all of them. I think that's a, an unrealistic expectation, but maybe it's using different chatbots and using different automation to let people on Facebook know that you don't actively monitor Facebook Messenger. You know, in my example for finding some dinner the other night, if the automated message said, hi, Brad, we don't actively monitor Facebook Messenger, but you can call us at phone number and we'll be happy to pick up and let you know, I'd be fine with that. But I didn't have any sort of resolution. I think, Matt, maybe for me, it just comes down to, again, having that resolution. What am I supposed to do? 
you don't want your message just to go into a black hole of nothing. You want to be heard. You do want to be heard. I mean, I actually brought my own example here, but I'm a coordinator for a local running series for kids. And we just opened registration a couple days ago. And over the weekend, I was, it was a Sunday morning and a couple people asked me questions through the Facebook messenger page. I'm going back and forth with them Sunday morning at nine 30. Yes, it was raining. So I didn't have anything else to do, but it's how someone wanted to communicate. And if you think about it with email, with Facebook, with chat box, with Twitter, some of those can go through as text messages. So someone's not even logging into their app. They're just having a conversation with a faceless person on the other end. And it's just a regular text message for them. Text messages get 95, 98% open rates. So you have to be mindful of that. I think that's within the first two minutes too. Right. It's, it's thinking about how they want to communicate. And I'm, I'm becoming a bigger and bigger believer in that, you know, especially as the school year starts to evolve, think about having opportunities to talk to people in off hours. Mm -hmm. Think about, you know, I've thought about it myself, right? If I have to be the at-home kind of teacher for my daughter from 10 a.m. to noon. If it's okay with my boss, I take those two hours off and I work from seven to nine at night. And maybe I have a business call, answer emails, have a real conversation because there's a lot of people in that boat. And it's not just at-home parents, right? It could be somebody that works first shift, second shift, third shift. When are they available to communicate? And I'm sure a lot of recruiters do this, but this could be the time to really take that to the next level because we're constantly hearing which is just mind-blowing. Recruiting is a challenge right now. Yep. Unemployment's astronomically high, but people can't, temporary staffing agencies can't get people to show up for work. It makes no sense. So we have to change something. And if you're the fastest one that can respond to applications or questions or inquiries, you know, that, that speed, that fast to fill could really help you. And it's cheaper than what you're doing now because you're just losing money with all those open job orders by the day, by the shift, by the hour. That's what you need to do to really reach out to those candidates. Think about how you can be on those platforms and using their tactics to reduce the friction. I remember speaking at the Florida Staffing Association's annual conference um, last year. Couldn't go this year because of COVID. And Eloy Rodriguez, the founding partner of Expand Staffing, Guy was on his phone the entire time we were talking and he, he I'm, I'm leading with this kind of wrong, but he's, he told me why to start, right? But he was on his phone the entire time we were talking. Come to find out, he manages their chatbot. So whenever a candidate reaches out, it comes directly to, to his mobile device. He probably put seven to 10 people on assignment while we were just having a conversation over a drink. And they would show up, they were going to show up the next day, right? So they're messaging, asking for work. And he was putting people literally on assignment while we were having a drink uh, after the conference. He was accessible. He was answering questions. He was answering them how they wanted to be talked to. It wasn't, hey, our chatbot's not on right now. You have to call us or you have to go to Facebook. He was listening. And, and Matt, for me, and, and I feel like we could talk about this topic forever, it comes down to being human. People are reaching out to you in different areas and different avenues, and you need to have a plan in place for what's going to happen if somebody reaches out on platform X. Who's going to handle that? Who's going to facilitate the question? And then what is the process? Are we going to address it? And are we going to have somebody monitoring Facebook Messenger on their phone 24 hours a day like Matt's doing with uh, the local run? Or are we going to have a, a chatbot that pops in and says, hey, we'll get back to you between nine and five 
business hours Monday to Friday. And a great way to do that is start small. Sure. Don't jump in and add a chatbot and Facebook Messenger, Instagram direct message, Twitter direct message, LinkedIn messaging, all at the same time. You know, slowly add it on because yes, once you get the, um, let's say you start with a Facebook Messenger plan. Once you get two, three, four weeks under your belt, you're going to be able to make some changes and adjustments and it'll become easier to monitor. Then you might add in a chatbot on your website. Think about different ways you can, you know, what's the most important to your audience, then add in another one and another one until you have enough covered to where maybe you're not getting 100% of your audience all the time. But if you're getting 80, 90, 95%, that's, that's really good coverage for your company to have throughout the day. If you have a question about your recruitment marketing, I know Matt would love to chat with you. You can connect with Matt Lozar on LinkedIn. Shoot him a quick message and Matt will be happy to schedule a call to talk about your recruitment marketing challenges and how Haley Marketing can assist. That's our show. And thank you for listening to another episode of Insights. If you found this episode valuable, we would love to know. You can message Matt or Brad on LinkedIn to share your thoughts. Have a question for us? You could tweet us at Haley Marketing and let us know what you're thinking or email info at HaleyMarketing.com. And of course, if you need a hand with your marketing or recruitment marketing initiatives, we would love to help. You could check out HaleyMarketing.com to get in touch with our team of marketing educators. For my podcast partner, Matt Lozar, this is Brad Biley. We'll see you next time.